Hello and welcome to Talking Hoosier Baseball. Today is Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. The Indiana Hoosiers are bound for the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2019. Uh, on Monday, the regional pairings were announced and the Indiana Hoosiers were selected to be the three seed in the Lexington Regional. Uh, Indiana will on, uh, on Friday at 7 p.m. will face West Virginia. Uh, earlier in the day, um, and West Virginia is the two seed, uh, earlier in the day, one seed Kentucky will face off against four seed Ball State. Uh, Indiana is coming off a week in which they went one and two uh, in Omaha at the Big Ten Tournament. Uh, Cassidy Palmer was there, uh, and uh, she will have uh, some, some feedback on uh, what happened during the Big Ten Tournament about all of the festivities. So we'll have a quick look back at the Big Ten Tournament and then head on looking, looking towards regional play. Cass, what do you, what do you got from Omaha? Yeah, so uh, I will say this was my first time at Charles Schwab Field, and that place is just incredible. It is the home of the College World Series for a reason, and we are very lucky in Big Ten land that we get to use that for our conference tourney every year. Want to start with that. Uh, getting that first win right off the bat against Illinois was really good. That's we had we had mentioned it on our podcast, and I saw it mentioned a few other places. Uh, it was the first opener win in Big Ten tournament for IU in a bunch of years. Uh, so to get that one out of the way, and it's uh, Coach Mercer's first time uh, winning the opener in the Big Ten tourney. Uh, so so that's really good to see. Uh, having to face Iowa right after that is always going to be tough. Uh, we we saw that Iowa is a quality team and they were one of the teams selected for NCAAs. So uh, that was a tough draw. Uh, but having the opportunity to be there for the uh, first time that Michigan coach Tracy Smith uh, took on IU after leaving after the 2014 season. That was really special. I know it didn't go the way we wanted, but to be there for that as someone who really started following the team in 2013, I had, I had watched games before that, but, but as someone who started watching under, under Tracy Smith, that was a really cool opportunity to see that game. And really, I'm just looking forward to the regional more. Uh, there were some bumps and bruises in Big Ten tournament. But honestly, from my perspective, knowing that kind of didn't matter how the games went, we were still in NCAAs regardless. Honestly, having that few extra days of rest, I think, is actually probably bigger for the team than continuing on would have been. Well, it was great to have you out there, Cass. The, the shots you got from the dugouts and the pregame stuff, you know, I, I'm at work and I, I'm doing what I got to do. And to have that was a, was a real big plus. And I think you did a great job. Sounded like the press box had some good food and, and treated you real well, too. Oh, I read yeah. in your recap, you know. Yes. 
Uh, and I think we have to touch on Luke Sennard's performance. Yes. You know, it was really seven innings, one run. <sighs> what he did to that lineup, even yes. with the 14 errors or whatever it was, <laughs> to throw 117 pitches, you know, yeah. he, he refused to get out of that game. He was going to throw to the zone fell off. If Mercer lets him go 140, I think he would have went. Oh, yeah. Luke was outstanding. It was, yep. it was just something impressive to watch. And I really, I mean, as, as a sophomore – with that kind of poise, when the wheels were coming off early with the, you know, bases loaded, nobody out, he doesn't let them score. And, and they only score one run in seven innings. The next seven innings, we give up like 14 runs. And to see what Luke was able to do, you know, that really showed me something. Not that we didn't know he was our race, but for him to just, you know, shove like that on a mound after winning the first game, I tell you, I had dreams of us just going 4-0 and winning the whole thing. And obviously it didn't work out. The back end had some difficulties. And then, and, and, you know, there was some more miscues in the field. But hats off to Luke Sennard for, for really, really showing up. And, and it was the highlight of the tournament for me. Yes, definitely agree on that. Although I will say anybody who hits a home run at, at Charles Schwab Field gets a call out. So got to give Bobby Whalen some credit there. Absolutely. And you know, the guys love it. Because, you know, Bobby and Glasser are the, are the real leaders of the team, the vets. Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe the more out, you know, the more outgoing guy might be the Josh Pine. But, you know, yeah. when, when Whalen and, and Glasser are really going, they're, they're the engine and they really get us rolling. And I look forward to them shining in, uh, in the regional. They've been waiting a long time for this, the two of them. A lot of the guys on the team, I mean, have any of them played in the regional? I don't think any, even the vets, uh, not that I know of. This is, you know, it's new territory for us. Yeah. I was trying to think if any of the vets might have. I don't think so. I don't think I mean, so. I could be wrong. I was, I know uh, Manasseh played in the Juco World Series. But that's right. a little bit different. Um, right. You know, Friday night's going to be new territory. Uh, West Virginia, though, it's going to be new territory for them, too. They haven't played in the regional as long as us, 2019. So, you know, they were hosting it, and they, they weren't able to win their regional in 19. Uh, A&M got them. A&M ended up winning their regional. So there's a lot of similarities between these two teams, and that's just one of them, between the, the lack of experience in postseason and regionals, the way they don't have, you know, three good, you know, not they don't have a Friday, Saturday, Sunday type deal, neither do we. You know, they run, they, they hit, they have good defense, they go up the middle. It's a really even matchup Friday night, and I just can't wait. You know, I'm, I'm kind of glad it's under the lights. You know, it's not that, you know, one o'clock day game kind of thing. This game deserves to be under the lights, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think it's the premier matchup of the of the tournament uh, because it's you've. I mean, in many ways, the two three ought to be simply because mm -hmm. you're you know it's in most cases two and threes are both going to throw their their primary arm, so which is what's going to happen. So that that's what's going to happen. Um, although I do expect Kentucky to throw their primary arm against Ball State. Um, I mean, Mingione did that in 2017 when there was a more a larger statistical difference there, uh, yeah. and probably a lesser opponent than what Kentucky's going to be facing on Friday in Ball State. Um, a lot of strategy involved in this one, that's for sure. Oh, Especially yeah. when you got you know you got West Virginia's lost five in a row. We tailed off a little bit at the end. Kentucky hasn't come in on fire. It, it's really, yeah. the hottest team in the thing is Bull State. Yes, yeah, let's Agreed. be honest. Yeah. They won yeah. to get in. Yep. You know, Mercer talks all about playing your best ball at the end of the season. Well, in that case, Bull State's the favorite in this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, that's just no. That that right. I, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, from that perspective, yeah. but but you know, Ball State's a good team now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've seen Ball State twice, and uh, you know they should be beatable. But then again, I haven't seen them with weekend pitching, so that's right. uh, uh, all of the games that Indiana has against this field have been midweek games. Uh, and I don't take anything from you know. I, and I've heard I actually heard a podcast mentioning, "Oh, Kentucky run ruled Indiana earlier." I don't yeah. see how this is a yeah. competition on a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> on a Tuesday in thirty degree weather. Yep. At Kentucky, when Indiana was in the middle of a nine of an eight game stretch in nine days, uh, that was the day Indiana, based on how the pitching was deployed, that was the game they were willing to give up. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they were that one. They were taking. I mean, they were, okay they, were taking, they were taking it. They I mean they were, they were obviously from an offensive perspective. They wanted to. They had all the right the right the right people, but they took a chance on on some arms that had been struggling. Um, right. and, and stretched them farther than you normally would. Uh, cause the truth is a couple of them actually did pretty well, except they got stay, they made them stay in for like three innings and then, then things got rough. So, but Carl, let's be honest. If we had gone there in there on that Tuesday and the weather was beautiful and we beat them seven to four, it wouldn't have meant a thing anyway. Right. Because again, <laughs> it's not the weekend series guys. Yeah. Right. It's not top of the line. It's not, here we go under the lights, you know, money on the table. It wouldn't have been anything anyway. You know, it's a reset. We made it in. There's so many teams right now. And it was us for three years or two and a half with COVID. Yeah. Uh, that don't have a game this weekend. Yep. And we're guaranteed two. You know, obviously I want more. But we're, we're guaranteed two more games. And it's a reset. It doesn't matter what happened. We've seen this happen. We've seen the four seeds win these things. We've yep. seen guys go on a roll. We've seen uh, – it was us, right? We, when we yeah. went 2-0, and we still couldn't make it out of the damn Bloomington Regional. We've yeah. seen guys go down and lose into the losers' brackets and come out. There's no set thing here. And it all resets, and you see how it goes. But I'm telling you, this, this regional – West Virginia was number six in the country at one point. Mm-hmm. All right? Kentucky's obviously going to be at home. They're obviously going to have the crowd if it's night games. We've seen how they do in day games. Nobody shows up. But if they're playing under the lights, their people are going to be there, and the atmosphere is going to be big. Daytime's different for them. Obviously, we've been through this, but you know that helps. You know, wild crowd, and, and you get you guys behind you. Maybe they'll be pumped up for this uh, from coming from the country music festival or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that holds a whole another story to Fire Fest. But uh, I, I was greedy, right? I was greedy last pod, and I said I want to get in, and I want it close enough to go to, and <laughs> it's close enough to go to, even if you got to go to Baghdad. You know, it's 45 minutes. So I can't complain. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Uh, they were never going to let us go to Indiana State when, when the chairman's on the board. You know, I didn't really think of that. I was thinking, oh, the chairman's on the board, so Indiana State's definitely going to host. But what that also did was he's definitely not letting us play there yeah. because we would take the shine and we would have all the fans and it would take away from what they did. And, and I get that and I understand yeah. that. So I really think this regional is where we were supposed to be. And, uh, you know, let's go win three ball games. West Virginia is the team that I looked at, 39 and 18. Uh, they, they were 39 and 13, though. They lost their last five in a row. Uh, they got swept at Texas, and then they went two in a barbecue in their conference tournament. They did end up the co-champs. It went three ways. Somehow they split this thing up, 33%. Everybody got a T-shirt. A lot of T-shirts coming out of the Big 12 this year. 
uh, <laughs> with Texas and Oklahoma State. So, but like I said, they were ranked a lot during the season. And I'm not going to say I'm like a West Virginia aficionado through the year. I didn't really pick up on this, but it was 11, 17, as high as number six. And these are all the D1 rankings, not like the triple cousin, you know, whatever the hell rankings there are. These are all the D1s. Um, they had a 15 and nine regular season in the Big 12. Uh, I've mentioned it before. Their last time in was 2019 uh, to make the tournament. They've had 14 tourney appearances, so there is history here. This coach, though, was around in 19, so this is going to be his second shot. They got a stud, okay? Their second baseman, he's up for National Player of the Year, J.J. Weatherholt. He's a second baseman. He hits left. He throws right. He's like 5'10", 180 pounds, I'll be honest with you. He's not like this big, you know, that's probably why he plays second base, but he's got the movie star look, though. So, you know, he's got the look. He's... He's a ball player. Like, if you remember Moneyball, and they were talking about, oh, he's got the look, he's got the hot cover. J.J. Weatherholt is, is the real deal this year. Um, he was not a big prospect coming up. Like, he was something like 50th second baseman out of Pennsylvania or something. Uh, believe it or not, he's from Mars, uh, some town in Pennsylvania. Like, where are you from? I'm from Mars, he says. Um, <laughs> but the guy, he's a stud, man. He is a stud. He won National Player of the Week like three times. Um, right now, he has 39 extra base hits and 35 steals. If he has a good regional and he just gets one more extra base hit and five more steals, he will be the first Division I player since 2002 to go 40-40 in those categories. You know, extra base hits and steals. That's pretty wild. That's 20 years. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he finished this season so far hitting 443. He was hitting as high as 470 at one point. He bat second in the lineup. Um the shortstop seems to hit first, uh, Tevin Tucker. Very good shortstop in the field. They built up the middle of this West Virginia team. Fundamentally sound. They have a very good catcher, too. These guys are good. You know, they can run. They can hit. They can field. Um, they don't have the Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing, though, as far as pitching like we talked about before. Seems like Carlson Reed is the uh, the guy out of the pen, the, the big prospect MLB-wise down the line. He's got an MLB slider. He's got a good heater. Uh, a couple of the pitchers that they use, uh, Ben Hampton, he seems to be like the the older guy, like the the veteran, you know. He might he might throw Friday. I don't know, either that or Blaine Traxel. Traxel's more funky. Um, he seems to be like a character on the mound, a little like uh, swagger, as they say. Uh, and the thing is, he's got like different arm angles and stuff, which we're not too good with. So I don't know what they're going to go with, honestly. They could go Hampton or Traxel, and then they, when they have to go to the pen – you know, then they got the big reliever coming out when they need him, uh, Carlson Reed. So th those are the arms they have. Th this team is a lot like us, I'm telling you. You know, they have like three or four guys with nine home runs. You know, how we have split up different power guys. Even though they have this uh, weather hole, it's not like they just rely on him. Plenty of the lineup uh, produces and hits and gets the, you know, ball rolling. And they, a lot of times they've relied on the bottom of the order like we have. It's very, very similar except for the second baseman. Um, he'll be the best player of the regional. You know, that, that's pretty much what people are saying. You know, going into the to the regional, he is the best player that's in the building or in the dorm room or wherever the hell they're staying. He's the best one there. So we have a lot of work to do to shut him down. Um, it is, yeah, it's four guys with nine home runs or more. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be rough. You know, honestly, I think West Virginia might be the favorite of this regional. You know, I, I, Kentucky has impressed at times during the year, but 
Friday night's going to be a wild one. And if we can get, if we can get that victory, it's house money on Saturday playing at night again, with one more win to be sitting there two and Oh, it's going to be rough though. It's gonna, you know, Luke's going to have to really uh, bulldog it up again. I have a feeling, I think that pitch count's going to be long again. Um, I can't see Kraft coming in for four or five innings, not coming off an injury. You know, maybe he'll add on to Luke for two or three or, or whatever they're going to deploy him. But West Virginia is a solid team. Okay. You know, and they're 19 and 10 on the road and they're two and two in neutral sites. So it's not like they only win at home. Um, it'll feel like a road game when they're playing Kentucky, but it'll feel neutral when they're playing us. So it's just going to be that way. That's pretty much what I got on West Virginia. We got a dog fight Friday night, guys. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and cover uh, Kentucky. Um, I've it, Kentucky is an interesting baseball team to look at because they they just they don't have a ton that absolutely pops out. Um, I'll say I take that back. There is one thing that pops out. They're fielding at a 984 clip. Um, these guys don't make mistakes on defense. Um, really what it comes down to what I'm seeing here is a team that is really good at run prevent prevention. Um, they may not, they don't really have, you know, one absolute starting stud who is going to shut everything down. They just have a lot of good quality, solid arms and they have a defense that doesn't make mistakes. Um, and they, uh, managed to with, with, uh, with a couple of decent bats, uh, plus a lot of stolen bases and a lot of bunting. They, uh, they, they manufacture enough runs so that that run prevention works for them. Um, that's pretty much how they, how they do business. Um, how did they get where they are, where they're, they're hosting a regional, um, that really comes to, that being a a quality SEC team in the north, so by essentially the north, I know Kentucky is the south, but from a weather perspective, it's it's enough of the north. Uh, trust me, I went I went to the Kentucky Proud Park in in March. It was winter there. <laughs> it's north. <laughs> it was. I remember very, you guys had blankets. I remember. Oh, it was cold. <laughs> um. And and honestly, I saw that. I mean, it just that team looked so fundamentally sound. Um, but you know, you, you do have the the one really really good hitter on this team, and that's Jackson Gray. He's got a, a he's over a, a thousand in OPS, a three sixty three average. Um, and keep in mind, this is against SEC pitching. Um, plus, again, they didn't play anybody bad in the non con. They didn't necessarily play any great teams, but they didn't play anybody bad. And that those two things together, playing an SEC schedule, winning 16 SEC games, and then taking care of most of the rest of their non-con schedule against decent teams, including sweeping Indiana State, who is another host. Um, they uh, had the number two RPI in the country, and and that's what landed them, you know, with a hosting site, uh, to the chagrin of of several. Uh, other teams <laughs> um you know although the sec did manage eight total hosts so that's a that's a, a piece of the overall puzzle um but 
you know, but there is a difference between Kentucky and the rest of the SEC, which is they went on the road more during non-con because they're a little farther north. Um, and they they didn't just bring in a bunch of cupcakes to play at home. So you you figure those two things together led to to a really good RPI. Um, and they're an old team. I'm looking at all of the key guys that play a lot, including, you know, Jackson Gray as a senior. Um, they're two big starting pitchers, Zach Lee and Darren Williams are both at least, well, Williams is a graduate student and yeah, so one of them's a graduate student. One of them's a senior, these guys, a couple of them have been transfers. They've, they've got a lot of experience and, and solid fundamentals. So I, I think the key there is you, you can't make mistakes. If you're going to play against a team like Kentucky, uh, you can't make mistakes because they're not going to. Um, uh, but from that, you know, comparison of what we heard, you know, we're seeing more star power out of West Virginia. Um, and from that perspective, I think a lot of the a lot I'm, I've been listening to a lot of uh, podcasts from a lot of the national pundits, and I'm tending to everyone tends to be leaning towards West Virginia being the favorite here. Um, and you know, but. Uh, that isn't the these those aren't the only other teams there. We do have a team that consistently wins 40 games a year that has been quite good out of Muncie, Indiana. Cassidy, what can you tell us about the Ball State Cardinals? Yes. Uh, so out of the uh, teams in the Lexington Regional, this is the only one that the Hoosiers played more than one game. Uh, played them a couple of times and they ended up 36 and 21 on the season with a 19 and 11 mark in the Mac. And they were an automatic bid uh, winning the conference tournament. I believe they were the two seed, if I remember correctly. Uh, This is their fourth appearance in the NCAA tournament and uh, most recent being 2006. But they did win the Mac uh, regular season uh, last year so they have very much been on the upswing of late uh, in the couple of games against the Hoosiers uh, they played on April 11 and IU won 16-13 in one of the most home run derby games I have seen in quite some time uh, there were five Ball State home runs and three IU home runs uh, they then played again in Muncie on April 25th and won nine to eight. Uh, just looking at their overall kind of team metrics, uh, Ball State was seven and one in neutral site games. So they are pretty good at playing in those neutral areas. It's not going to help them out for the first game, but it could help them for, well, could it could help them for either game they play next, because they won't play Kentucky a second time right away. Uh, Overall, they were 96th in the RPI, but their strength of schedule, of course, being in the MAC, when you factor that in, uh, their strength of schedule was down to 218, and they were 0-4 against the RPI top 50 on the year. They did rack up a bunch of wins, uh, but largely against weaker competition. Uh, on offense, they are per- perhaps a little boomer bust. They're a touch strikeout heavy, 
but they hit home runs. Good Lord, do they hit home runs. Uh, I believe they're at 86 on the season. Yeah, they're at 86 home runs on the season uh, compared to just 60 that they've given up. Uh, Leading that charge is uh, Ryan, I think it's pronounced Peltier. I'm not completely convinced. It looks French. So we're going to go with that. Uh, he has 15 on the season, uh, paired with a 351 batting average. He is definitely a bat to be aware of at all times. Uh, the other being uh, Decker Scheffler, uh, who's batting 388 with eight home runs. Both of them have have a thousand plus OPS. Um, very much guys to to watch out for and particularly Scheffler he's only got 22 strikeouts on the season he's his strikeout rate is phenomenal so while some of the others do tend a bit more towards strikeout heavy he's not one of those he he's very much one to watch out for in this um they've got another couple of guys who both have uh 300 batting average or higher in uh, Adam Tellier and Justin Kanant. Um, but Blake Bevis just under that at 271. He also has 11 home runs. So they've, they've got some bats that can hurt you if you're not being careful. Uh, and then on the pitching side, they are, again, they only have two pitchers with enough innings to count stati- statistically. Uh, those two being uh, Trenor O'Donnell, who's got a sub three ERA in almost 85 innings pitched. And of note, on uh, Thursday, he threw a complete game, giving up no earned runs versus Kent State. So this guy has shown recently that he can go long. And pretty sure they were the one seed, right? Yes. Yeah. So that was, yeah. that, I mean, that was the best competition they were going to have in that tournament. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, so he's shown that he can extend, he can throw lots of pitches, he can eat innings. Uh, and he has largely been the Friday guy or the, 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 the functional Friday guy, even if it's not on a Friday uh, of late. Uh, the other one is Ty Weatherly, who we did face, uh, did face one of the games. Uh, he has become a weekend starter again of late. He's really solidified in that uh, second weekend start. He's got a six seven one ERA in sixty three innings. And then the the reliever to kind of watch. He's not the guy who gets the most innings out of the pen, but uh, Ty Johnson. He's got a three eight one ERA in almost fifty innings. Uh, so he's kind of the the big one to watch out of the pen. Uh, we were go- we're going. One thing we're going to do here is uh, kind of pick uh, our players that we w- we'd like to see click uh, for this regional. Um, so uh, we are each going to pick one, and we have uh, we have elected to go. How did you say we were going to do this? We're going to do this in in the order of the pickums. So Cass yes. gets to go yeah. first. Yeah. So, so Cass... she gets the first pick, the first pick of the draft. Anyone she wants. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the one I'm going with is 
is actually, I hope, kind of uh, unexpected with having the first pick. I'm going Hunter Jesse. He did not have a bad tournament at the bat. He he has definitely picked up of late going into the NCAAs. And if we can get one of those bats at the bottom of the order to really, really click, this lineup is completely different. As long as the, the guys at the top are still doing their thing consistently, if we can get just one of the guys at the bottom of the order to, to really, really click, this is a different offense and it's fun. So I'm going with Hunter Jesse. That actually makes my job easier because I was I was teetering between Hunter Jesse and another player. And now that's just makes yes. my job easier because yes. I had much of the same <laughs> thought you did about Hunter Jesse. Uh, so my 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 real thought here um, and and it's going to you know kind of a turnaround from from the Big Ten tournament. Uh, my pick is going to be Braden Reisdorf. Uh, I think Braden Reisdorf's uh, importance to this team cannot be understated at this point. Um, I was personally, I, I didn't really like him being used as a back end option. I kind of understood it um, in this last week uh, simply because uh, Kraft was not available at the Big Ten tournament. Um, uh, Coach has said that Kraft uh, should be available um, and that he has been throwing and Kraft should be available for the tournament. Um haven't really they didn't sound horribly confident about exactly what that role was going to look like um but for Reisdorf I think it's important that he had two solid starts um and then then he was kind of kind of forced back into the back end um what I really want to see and and again it it may not come out this way and they've even said hey I asked this coach and coach is like ideally Reisdorf will will start the second game. That's what that, that was, that, that is the ideal situation. Um, but he didn't rule out that, Hey, if, uh, if he's needed to close the game, close the Friday game, if, uh, if they're in that situation, if they need, if they need to win that game on Friday, uh, he'll be available. And I completely get that. And I understand that. Um, and either way, obviously we're talking about a pitcher that's in a key role. Um, and I don't see Indiana being, a regional champion without multiple freshman pitchers uh, making an impact this weekend. And I think the, the, the head of that group is, is Braden Reisdorf. So I'm picking him. Yep. Completely agree, Carl. Um, it, it's the only way you can do it, right? The way this thing is set up, you have to have the arms. You have to. And Reisdorf could be a guy that, that could pitch multiple games, multiple innings, you know, use him early in one game, use him late in another, who knows? Now, obviously, if he goes as the Saturday starter and goes six, you know, that's what we're going to get from him, I would yeah. think. I can't see them pushing him. I mean, I guess it's all hands on deck Monday night if there is a game. So I don't want to say that he wouldn't be available. You know, everyone's going to put cleats on on Monday night. If, yeah. <laughs> if there's a game Monday night, everybody's on the table. Yeah. But uh, Reisdorf's a great pick. I think Jesse completely surprised number one. Uh, Cassie got me there. <laughs> I did not see that one coming for the, you know, the Hoosier player of the regional. But hey, listen, he was the the player of the region of the opening weekend. The performance he put on in orbit on that Sunday, right, with the four hits, was it? And yeah, he really he really came through. I can't believe my pick that I really wanted, which I figured would be gone, is still around. But I'm going Brock Tibbetts. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm going with Brock because I feel like he's got a little more experience, right? He's been solid the entire year, and this could be a showcase for him. I really believe it. Um, do we hear his name on draft boards and this and that? Maybe not yet. But you know what? This is why the lights are bright. He can get two hits a game, a couple of extra base hits, hit us a bomb, a couple of runs scored, a couple of RBIs each game. You know, and, and you were mentioning how the bottom of the lineup with Hunter Jesse, how that changes everything, right? When the bottom of the lineup rolls, you got a, a white hot on fire Brock Tibbetts. That, that's going to do that too. Yeah. Um, Cause he's surrounded in the lineup by some big hitters. Yeah. You know, I know that they always say like the, you know, the guy behind the hot hitter is just protecting him and stuff. Right. But you know what? The way I look at it is, and I know it from the Mets perspective and, and baseball forever and ever, like just say for Piazza, right? Piazza batted third. They were thinking about him when the first guy was up right if somebody's on fire so it just changes the lineup it gives the pitcher more to think about plus maybe we got on base and i'm going with brock i really think this is going to be a series for him to to shine to show what he can do we already know he's been outstanding in the field i think that's going to be very important these guys are quick they're fast they hustle um kentucky and west virginia i can't speak too much on ball state i don't really i didn't look them up too much but i would think for a team making a regional like this there's not going to be like, I'll hustle later. Like they're going to be going full bore. You know what I'm yes. saying? So everything's going to be close and whatever Brock can protect at first base, you know, is, is huge too, but I'm picking him for the bat. I'm picking him for the offense. And, and that's going to be my Hoosier uh, uh, player of the regional pick. Uh, there was obviously also the, the whole event of the selection. Indiana was very safely in the field. Um, and there was uh, a lot of questions, though, uh, on the national level as to uh, obviously there's always disputes and debates over which bubble teams make it into the tournament. Um, I will toot my own horn a little bit in that uh, my final field of 64 that I put out on Monday morning, I got 63 out of 64 right. Uh, I only missed one. Um, and of the one I missed, uh, it was uh, they, the, the, the one that I put in, I had put in in my last four in, and the one that made it was in my first, sorry, other way around. But you know what I mean? Last four, first five, I had flip one from each to make the, to, to, to get to the final field. Now, I say that like I'm tooting my own horn. The reason I bring it up is actually not from a positive perspective, because I sit there and think about it like D1, those guys got 62 out of 64. I'm not saying that I'm better than D1 because I got one more correct than they are. But what I am saying is I woke up on Monday morning. I pulled the RPI nitty gritty report and I did what I thought the committee would do. I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> I don't think it's a good thing that I can just pull the RPI nitty gritty report and basically exactly copy what the, what the committee did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's telling me that that is all the committee is doing. Yeah. <laughs> and and I said, since, since I know, yes, I'm into bracketology. And yes, I have been talking about a lot of this stuff. But most of my focus has really been on what is Indiana going to do. And over the last couple of weeks, I have been very confident that Indiana has been fine. So I've not really been paying really, really close attention to what's going on in bubble land. Uh, and those that have were kind of upset with how some of the decisions in the end were made and some of the teams that got snubbed. 
and me going off of, okay, I'm just going to look at this completely fresh on Monday morning off the RPI nitty gritty report. And I basically land the same place the committee does. Um, so I, I, I'm seeing maybe there's just a tad bit too much reliance on the, uh, the core RPI metrics, um, as opposed to really trying to dig in and, and determine, you know, what's going on with a lot of these West coast teams and, and things like that from a bubble perspective. So that's, that's the bubble conversation. Um, the hosting conversation, well, you say what you want. There were, you know, two members of the uh, of the committee, uh, the athletic directors that were on the committee, uh, have probably had the two most controversial hosting picks. <laughs> yeah. Were their own schools, uh, the chairman in in Auburn and the uh, and Indiana State, uh, both getting both getting host sites. Now, of the hosts, uh, all but one were in the top. 16 in RPI. Um, Indiana State was in the top 10 in RPI. Um, and as a northern school in the top 10, I don't at all feel bad. You know, I think it's it's awesome that there's going to be a regional in Terre Haute. I think that yeah. is oh, just, yeah. oh, first of all, as someone who lives in Indiana, I think that's just amazing that, you know, we've, that our state has three teams in the field plus a host. Um, the state of Indiana has a host. The state of Texas does not have a host. <laughs> Love that. Uh, that is that it. That is really cool. So I think those are those. And are two towns in in Kentucky are hosting, which is yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Louisville and Lexington. <laughs> it's very nice. Congrats to Louisville. Congrats <laughs> to Louisville. You know they got to host West Virginia. You know Dan. I hope you bring them some snacks. <laughs> Yes, I'm sure Dan is bringing West Virginia snacks. Um, I heard he might. I heard he's a big snacks guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess the uh, whatever's going to improve those facilities, I suppose. Yeah. All yeah. right. And just to touch on what you were saying, Carl, I think for me, uh, one thing I didn't like, and I'm not big into the the bubble and the bracketage. I'm asking you half the time, right? But mm -hmm. from what I saw, it looked like, and tell me if I'm wrong. But it looked like they ignored some head-to-head -head and went with the RPI instead. If you have a head-to-head -head and you have a games that were played and that were weekend games, and to ignore them for what the RPI says, I, I, I think that's a little shaky. I think you go to the RPI if you don't have head-to-head -head on the weekends. And it doesn't look like they did. And I really like what the what was it, Kansas yeah. State coach kind of went off. Oh, Good for him. Good for him. Yep. Yeah. And 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 um, Mark Etheridge made the the very specific point here, which is RPI is a tool, and it can be a good tool, but it's a tool for a very specific purpose. And this is I'm just articulating kind of what you said here, Chris, which is that it's a tool for specific purposes, which is to compare teams that are really hard to compare. It's the, it's the one tool that can do that. It can sit there and say, okay, how are we going to compare? And I'm just going to throw two teams out here, Indiana and Cal State Fullerton, <laughs> who play completely different schedules. How do you yeah. compare those teams? The RPI gives you a tool to do that. But, I mean, they were but even let's say you want to compare weekends. They ignored conference right. weekend games. That's yeah. silly. To but me. the point is – yeah, but it's be like if we were comparing Indiana and Maryland. 
oh, we lose. We know what that we know what that comparison is. Yeah, but that's but fair. you know who had a better RPI. But it wouldn't matter. To Indiana me. had a better RPI. That's right, okay. I know that. Well, it we had it by a lot because well, no, but yeah, it's okay that we had a better RPI because that's what the math says. But if it was us versus them for a host, they deserved it. Right, because they killed us. Even if they just beat us two to one in our house, they deserve it. Right, right. No, I'm completely agreeing with you. What I'm saying is, in that particular case, the RPI is the lesser tool. Yeah. RPI been, is a tool. I know, but it is. It, I mean, I know it wasn't from the committee perspective, but right. the, the point is RPI is has a specific use, and it's to compare teams that you can't compare in other ways, and you, it, it's what you have. Um, but but you're right. It, it shouldn't have been used. that had head-to-head weekends. Yeah. And I don't think well, that was right. The, I, I the, don't like that. The argument they took was that they were looking at a group of 10 teams. And where they failed was, okay, well, within that group of 10 teams, there are three that were in the Big 12, a conference that only has uh, nine teams in it. So they all play the exact same conference schedule. Those conference standings mean something, and they need to be treated very seriously. But they literally played each other. It wasn't even just the conference record. It was head-to-head on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that's now that's to me they they dropped the ball with that. To some degree, I will differ with you on that. I think there is sometimes I think some people do rely a little too much on head to head. I think baseball is a sport that has so much hot and cold going on that I think sometimes you can explain away a head to head. But a con a completely comparative conference season, I think, is absolutely should take precedence. Yeah. So if you have one team that is you know, but there's teams that have both of those that lost to the RPI. right. No, yeah, and, and, right. and it was ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't get it. Uh, and again, I, I'm not. I don't follow as, as close as you, but I, that part I just didn't sit right with me. And yeah. for the exact reason you brought up, right? Say Maryland was 32 RPI and we were 25, but we played the series in our house and lost 3-0. Even if we would have lost 2-1 in all extra inning games, they yeah. won. Yeah, you know, and that's it. You play. Yeah. But in the end, you know what, I'm, I'm, and I'm just guessing here, but again, it was that whole exercise I performed on Monday morning. You know, I did it. I didn't want to spend five hours doing it. Mm-hmm. I spent an hour doing it. Yeah. I think Makes that's about think how, much, how much did they, uh, how much, yeah. there's no eye <laughs> test for these guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, they say like the eye test, did they even well, watch anything? No, with their version of the eye test is the reports from the regional advisory committees. So there are committees of experts who write a report on each team, and they're supposed to have those that. reports handy. They're not the ones that are at themselves evaluating because they're they're athletic directors. They don't. Yeah. So it's not like the NCAA committee for basketball. They are the ones looking. Yeah, no. The, the, this is a group. This is a this is a group. I think of nine athletic directors. Like well, this two might of be the, the issue here. Then two of them, I the think. Fix. I think two of them have like a, ba- a baseball background, but they do have all of these reports from a regional advisory committee, which includes baseball experts that they have in front of them. They should be able to say yes within the Big Ten. Well, why not put those guys on the committee? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, instead of putting a figurehead, put the guys who actually put the eyes on the thing. Mm-hmm. You would think. Yeah, that's too simple for the NCAA yeah. to figure out. Yep. Yeah. Like, like putting a host where there's a, a, a ginormous concert and <laughs> rooms have been booked since February and state championships 
all over the place. Did you see yeah, the parking map? Did you see the parking map? They no. actually have park. Like it tells you where to park for the concert, where to park for the track, where to park for this. It's gonna be nuts. Call. We have to go yeah. so early, man. We just go super early. It's traffic. It's gonna be wild. But again, it's better than getting sent to somewhere where you couldn't go at all. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yep. And and about the the you know I, I think we do need to touch on it because there's been so much conversation about the situation. Um and and I do feel bad for certain certain constituencies in all of this. Um now from everything I'm reading I think Kentucky did everything right. At least from this perspective, they at least were upfront about it. They informed yep. the NCAA of what the situation was and what they were capable of doing. And it sounds like they're going to follow through with what they promised the NCAA they could do. And honestly, I can't fault Kentucky because they were honest with the whole process. So if there is to be fault about this, that fault lies with the NCAA and the NCAA alone, in my my opinion. Agreed. Um, Once we got that report, once somebody actually did more digging into the situation than just the tweet from the 11.7 guy, mm-hmm. because the Indy Star didn't do that. All, we, all <laughs> right. they did was tell us about the tweet. Yeah. But when the kid in Kentucky, I think he was a student, actually. Mm-hmm. He was a student reporter who did more work than the Indy Star guy did. He actually contacted the NCAA. Yeah. And the NCAA was completely upfront and said, yes, Kentucky told us that this was the plan, that the other teams could choose allotments of hotels in Louisville or they could stay at these dorms, which apparently are pretty nice. And uh, Kentucky even shifted linens and TVs, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Although you have to pay to get your linens changed. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I guess it depends on how many days you're going to be there. They don't want to you know, do too much laundry. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say, and I had, I had said this in, in our own discussions, uh, my one concern with the dorm-style housing arrangement and and Carl you had come up with a decent option uh at least where this applies is those dorms have twin XL beds those beds are six and a half feet long we've got several players who are taller than that six and a half feet uh and and with a a double or a queen bed you can get away with that by sleeping the diagonal um but Carl had brought up there's the there could be the possibility to put two beds end to end and that's the way it looked based on the yeah. the, the 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 thing that the, the Kentucky had put out was yeah. that guys, it, and, guys we drove a pitching machine to Auburn if you yeah. don't think we're bringing beds <laughs> good point yeah <laughs> if you don't uh, think we're bringing yes. king size Californias to this thing yes. you're crazy yeah if we drove a pitching machine to yes. Auburn. Yep. Yes, but that that was my one concern with the the dorm sure style is the yep. beds. Yes, we're gonna have California kings in our rooms. Yes. Yep. Yes. Luke Luke Sennard will get a good night's sleep on Thursday. Yes. So. <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> um. So yeah, there's and so there there's been a lot of you know discussion and and, and discussion and talking about it. Um, so I think there, you know, there obviously are, you know, the questions of, you know, should the NCAA have granted this or not? But you know, Kentucky let 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 them know. So that was that that was completely in the in the ball. A few things to consider: this is this whole situation is going to be tougher on certain groups than others. Um, yep. It's going to be tough, uh, I think, particularly on on families of players. 
Um, it's going to be tough on uh, you know visiting fans. Now, conversely, there's other situations around the country that you don't really think about and talk about. I mean, we've been to Auburn. We know how hard it was just to get tickets for opening weekend. Yeah. Um, Auburn's not a huge place. So there, there's a regional that I'm pretty sure sold out in like two minutes. Yeah. So uh, there are situations where, you know, where regionals where it's it's going to be outside of having the family allotment where there's not a lot that visiting fans are going to be able to even get access to in other regions. And that's not a problem here at this particular regional. Um, and the other thought was, well, you know, they should have they should have just had this at one of the uh, other sites. Um, that's not how this works. Uh, if they had decided that an SEC team was not rated to host, Kentucky would have been dropped to a two and one of the other uh, deserving hosts. Cause there were other, there were several, there were about 19 or 20 deserving hosts this year. So one of those would have gotten it. Uh, and that could have been, um, Southern Miss that could have been Campbell there were other hosts available uh, and they would have been in other parts of the country and Indiana would have most likely been traveling a lot farther yep. so it's it, and then I get it I get it's going to impact certain constituencies more I actually think Kentucky's doing a pretty good job of taking care of the of the the student athletes in particular um, I think the families uh the families in particular are, this is a bit of a struggle. They already have to do a lot to be able to follow these teams, to follow their players. Uh, there's a lot of expense involved with that. So um, I have a little bit of feeling for the, for the families. Um, and I uh, have feeling for, you know, for, for our, I, I, I think it is going to hamper. I think Indiana is going to have fewer fans there than, than Indiana ought to for a typical yep. regional setup in this situation. So yep. those things, aren't aren't great but which that that plays into kentucky's hands as the host they get yep. an even greater home field advantage than they would otherwise i think i think that's the part that irks me a bit yeah because indiana draws well to lexington yeah unless there's no lodging available and then yeah. people are gonna be like no nah, i'm not messing with it anymore <laughs> outside of the immediate parents friends yeah family. Yep, that's and but the it, committee sent like, sent two teams though that you know applied for hosts. I mean, West Virginia was selling tickets. We didn't go yeah. as far as selling tickets because yeah. after Maryland, we knew. But this yeah. regional has three teams in it that applied to hosts, and I'm sure yeah. were approved. You yeah. know, we were West Virginia. Yeah. I'm sure was. Yeah, they literally were selling tickets. Yeah, you know, they, everyone got their deposits back. Um, you know, I saw the forums when I was going through Twitter to research the team a little bit. And I was like, oh, ouch. Like they had put money down for the regional, you know, uh, and and in, in that in that uh, paperwork, it was talking supers even, yeah, because they were ranked so high that they had dreams of of being a national seed. Yeah. So you've got a regional with three teams that applied to host, um, but like Carl said, it doesn't go to the next. It's not like that kind of thing. Like say we win this regional and LSU doesn't win theirs, then it goes to us and yeah, one of those teams, and then maybe yeah. we would get it. But it's not like that. Once they approved them, the 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 application that was it then they were part of the teams that could host so yeah it happens it, 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 you're both spot on though right it's hard on the families and it definitely won't be as many uh red shirts in the crowd but you know what just we're back in yep you know <laughs> yep. we could have played 
what what is supposed to say we'll play on the moon right who cares i was just yeah. greedy I, you know I, I was greedy i wanted it to be somewhere close because i really wanted to go but i was honest about it i was being greedy i would have <laughs> took just getting in somewhere it would have been okay um one of my favorite games ever watching iu is that regional against texas that sunday night yeah you know and we weren't at the game but that was high-end class a baseball and knowing that if we won they were going to show the game seven monday night at the bart i mean we might have had a little inside info on that but we knew it was going to happen so as with the winning and then you know there's a chance that we're going to do this i'm like ah, we're going to be at the bar tomorrow night watching game seven and beating texas and then then the other team had lost so we could have hosted that super. Mm-hmm. So you just go through it. You, you, you know, oh, yeah. the, the, the regionals are never guaranteed. I think we took it a little for granted. I won't even say we. I took it a little for granted. You know what I'm saying? I got into town off the 13 World Series, and there was regionals of 14, then Nashville in 15, uh, you know, Kentucky in 17, and then Texas, and then Louisville. Now it's been a while. So mm-hmm. this one seems a little more special for whatever reason, and again, because it had been a while without it. Even just the days leading up to it, I put it on Twitter. Like, I forgot how good this feels. Like, just waiting, you know? It's like that week before a playoff game for your football team, you know? Um, you're just ready for it. But, you know, it'll be here before we know it. We'll be out there in Baghdad, Kentucky, and uh, <laughs> trying to get you as much info as we can, you know, for, for the regionals. And hopefully we're at a lot of night games. <laughs> yep. Very much so. All right. Um, I'm looking through the list of what we discussed heading up to this. Uh, oh, yes, we have one last thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have we have each made our picks for uh, we're going to choose seven for Omaha. Yes, we know there are eight in Omaha, but like like, <laughs> like the Omaha seven, the Omaha seven, uh, just like we do with the B1G pick them. We are not going to pick our own uh, our own Indiana bracket. The uh, we- we are big balls of superstitious. Yes, yes. Um, although I'll, I'll be honest, I mean, I'm filling out the D1 bracket, so I have to, I have to yeah. put my picks in there. But uh, I don't have to talk about that publicly, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, Cass, I guess we'll start with you. Who are your uh, seven for Omaha? Okay, so I, I just went through each of the paired brackets. Uh, and picked and and I as much as I tend to be ooh Big Ten go Big Ten as a general rule in postseason uh, it's going to be tough to beat Wake Forest for Maryland that was a very tough draw for them I'm going Wake Forest and I'm going Florida uh, for the top two uh, I'm going with the moderately Homer pick and I want to see Indiana State do it. Am I convinced they can? No, but I want to see them do it. So I'm putting them uh, in the four national seed super regional. Uh, that one was really difficult. I, I ended up going with Clemson, but I think whoever wins out of Clemson, Tennessee is really the one who has the best shot there. Uh, skipping the, the Baton Rouge based one that has Indiana in it Uh, going with Vandy in the next one. Uh, I'm going East Carolina as the upset in the next one and Stanford taking it in the uh, eight, nine matchup. 
So I've got Wake Forest, Florida, Indiana State, Clemson, Vandy, ECU, and Stanford. All right. So did you give all of your super matchups then? Is that what you did? Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought you were. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I and, the, and, and then you listed. This, yeah. I just want to make sure I do this. Super, I follow the same pattern. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was easier for me to make sure I didn't miss any of that way. Okay. So I will do all that as well. Okay. So my uh, super picks. Um, uh, so I've got uh, Wake Forest out of Winston-Salem. Um, and I do have Alabama. Um, I am picking Texas uh, out of Coral Gables and Texas A&M out of, out of Stanford. Um, so I will skip that Who would one. host that one? That one would be nuts. Who would oh, host yeah. that? Texas, Texas A&M? I don't know, but that would be, woo. I hope it's A&M. <laughs> well, they are, somewhere in Texas. They're both, they're both two seeds, so it would be a bidding process. Yeah. Oh. That would be. And that would be lit. That super would be lit. No, no oh, matter yes. where it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. I hope A and M hosts it though, because they're better. <laughs> um. So then I've got uh, Auburn and Clemson in a super. Um, I am going a little Big Ten homer. Uh, I've got Iowa and Arizona okay. in a super. Ooh. Uh, Vanderbilt and Washington. Duke and East Carolina. And then I'm wrapping that up with Florida and NC State. So uh, my seven for Omaha are Alabama, <laughs> Texas, and Clemson in one bracket. And in the other bracket, NC State, East Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Iowa. Okay. The Omaha seven. I never thought I'd hear it. It's great. <laughs> All right. I have Iowa also, Carl, but I have them going with uh, Arkansas. I got Oklahoma State and Vanderbilt, Oklahoma and Duke, South Carolina, maybe because we kind of know a guy over there. I'm going to be, I think I'm going to root for him uh, against Florida. I'm going to go Auburn versus Tennessee, Texas A&M against the U, Boston College against Wake. So that's all of them, right? I was trying to scramble while you guys were talking because mine's on yeah. my phone. Oh, okay. I was yeah. wondering if that was the case. Yeah. All right. So that's that's all of them, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So now the seven, I got Wake getting there, uh, Texas A&M, an unnamed team, okay, because that's the unnamed team, right? Uh, and then it looks like here I got uh, Auburn, and then on the other side, South Carolina, Duke, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas, and uh, and that those are my seven. Do you want? Okay. Are we picking the champs or no? We can or if you want picking... to. We can. Yeah, but are you okay with that, I mean, Cass? I would I... like to. Okay. I, I'm just picking a random stab in the dark out of mine. So. Okay. What do you got, Cass? I am. It's tough. I'm going Clemson. Over. Over. Oh. I don't even know. Um, let's go Wake. I, I think Wake's going to be tough to stop. So they're going to get all the way to the end to be the first team since 99 to be the one seed to win it and then lose it? Yes. Woo! <laughs> that would be wild. <laughs> all right. No one's even gotten to the – I don't think I one has even ever gotten to the championship series. And th And that's why I was hesitant to go that way, but mm -hmm. sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. 
a good story. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. I have I have Clemson uh, also as the national championship okay. beating Iowa. Ooh. Oh, okay. Iowa in the championship series. Good luck. Okay. They've, uh, got, the, they've got, got the pitching. The they have got the pitching to do it. <laughs> yep. yeah. Especially okay. in that ballpark. All right. So for the top half, I'm going to go with those guys who like to blow bubbles in Omaha at Texas A&M gets to the championship series and South Carolina beats them. Okay. Okay. So that's going to be my, uh, my title pick. It's a, a little bit of a homer pick, but they have a lot of, they're good, man. They tailed off a little at the end, but they were riding high for a while. South Carolina. I they just like. need to get hot again. They just need to get yeah. out of yeah. this funk they've been in. Yeah. And sometimes those are the guys that, you know, what last year, the last team in got in there, right? Uh, when Lamonis won his, didn't he have like a terrible ending in the conference thing? You never yeah, know. He, you they, know. Yeah, they, they he got run ruled twice in the conference tournament and then went on <laughs> and to and then won to the national. The they went on to yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So you don't know. And then the last <laughs> team that gets in the tournament wins the whole damn thing last year. So you don't know. And in twenty nineteen, Michigan. Of course, that yeah. goes with Eric Bockage, who's the coach of Clemson yep. now. Uh, Michigan yeah. was wow. was um, the was among the last four in. Uh, and then they went to the title game. So, yep. well, they were like in the eighth inning of the Big Ten game, and if they lost that game, they weren't going to get in. Yeah, yeah. So, you never know. It's a great time of year. I saw a poll come up uh, on Twitter, and it said, "Just out of curiosity, what do you look more forward to this year? NBA Finals, <laughs> NCAA college tournament?" And it was like ninety to ten college baseball. It was funny. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, it depends what you're into, but yeah, it's a great time of year. Um, and, and you know what? That you never know who that unnamed eighth team could be. Oh yeah. Right. Well, I mean, the point is, you know, we're all. I mean, yeah, we're making a couple of bold picks in all of that, but this none of these picks that we've talked about would, you know, would be oh my goodness shocking. Yeah. There will probably be an oh my goodness shocking, shocking. appearance yeah. in this but in this it, event. But it's you like just, nobody picks the 16 seed to upset the one seed in the first round of right of March Madness. This is kind of that same yeah. thing. You don't you don't pick the oddball one. You just know one of them yeah. is going but to but the happen. difference is one of those that does something crazy in the regional might get to Omaha. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. right state could get to Omaha. Yeah. It's entirely oh, yeah. possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's wild the way it works out. And it always you know it is it's more of a guarantee that a three is going to, or a four is going to play in a super, then the mm-hmm. number one overall seed is going to play for the title. Yeah. Because it never happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you probably, the odds are probably better. I mean, if Tennessee <laughs> couldn't do it last year, Tennessee didn't even go to Omaha. Yeah. And they were, and they were absolutely the highest uns- ranked team. Yeah. They were absolutely unstoppable during the season. Yeah. I mean, just absolutely cakewalked to the odds. SEC. Yeah. Yeah. And when it went by Vegas, when they were going over the odds, you know, they were the, the biggest favorite, let's say. It's hard to explain with baseball, but they were basically the most far and away favorite in like 15 years to win the whole thing. Yep. You know, nope. in, in number one seeds obviously are favorites, but like those were the most far and away number one seed we've had in so long. And Notre Dame beat them, no? <laughs> yep. So you never know. I picked that one too. Did. I didn't pick any. I didn't, I didn't pick anything else well, but I did pick that. <laughs> no, you didn't know that one. I remember uh, seeing that. But uh, I think we went over everything, right? Was just something. Yep. I don't know if it's everything that we, we listed in the chat. We uh, we've hit upon. So awesome. yep. Hey, we hadn't done this in four years. You know, we actually had to write stuff down and figure it out. Yeah. And here's here's to doing another one next week. Uh, 
we're hosting a super. Yep. That'd be real fun. I might as well be greedy again. It, even just go, I mean, another trip to LSU. Uh, let's get crazy. That, Who are the other teams in that one? Okay, you're, you you would have to be either Sam Houston or Tulane. <laughs> why? Why? What's the two? Oregon State. Oregon State would okay. host. Yeah. They would host over us. That's fair. Because it's, a, cause it's two Oregon over three. State out. We need Oregon State out. We need LSU out. And so who are we going to root for? Sam Houston. Either that or a 19-win Tulane team. <laughs> oh, I saw this. I saw this. Tulane is the uh, worst team to make this tournament since who? Trivia question. You know this answer. Oh. Youngstown State. Yes. And where did they win their game? <laughs> At the BART. Uh-huh. Yep. I was there. A lot of us were there, right? Yep. Yep. They were the, because they had the least wins up. I think they actually had more wins, but like percentages are different. But basically yeah. that, when, when the Penguin logo came up, I'm like, oh, that was the year that they, who did uh-huh. they beat? Oh, they beat Indiana State. Indiana State, yeah. Yep. They beat Indiana State in the day game, and then we beat Stanford in the night. We won't talk about what happened after that. Though. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but yeah, the, the, since 2014, they're the, the team least likely to even make the tournament since the Penguins of Youngstown State. Who, by the way, Philip Glass had played for, not that team, but yeah. played for Youngstown. So uh-huh. maybe that's a good sign. Oh, if you're going to the games, it's going to be super hot. It's going to be like 90 degrees yes. all weekend from what I understand. So dress right, you know, fluids, the whole thing. Be ready. Yep. Um, it's so if this literally Carl, ninety you're degrees both all ends of the weekend long in this ballpark. Yeah. So if so if you're making your second trip to Kentucky Proud Park, it's going to be a little different weather don't, than the first don't trip. Don't dress the same. Right. Do not dress the same. And don't bring that blanket, bro. You don't need it. <laughs> yeah. All weekend, uh, ninety degrees. Uh, again, hopefully we're playing night games. If we win Friday. From what I understand, we might be checking out some farms in Kentucky, maybe some alpacas. We'll have to see how the day goes. And then a night game against either Kentucky or Ball State at seven. That's my uh, that's my greedy list that I want to happen. But we'll see. You know, it, it could break either way. Uh, if somehow we win Friday at seven and Saturday at seven, like we said before, we're sitting there Sunday it. night with a chance to win and move on. Yep. Very much like that idea. Yeah, that would be wild. No I mean, the last time we were sitting there, oh. right? Well, 2014, we were sitting in that spot, and obviously it didn't work out. But yeah, maybe a little, maybe a little payback this time. We get to do it on the road in someone else's house. Never know. Hey, and a lot of times, you know what? Kentucky doesn't want to come to Bloomington to play, right? Isn't that a thing? John never wants to play now in Bloomington. <laughs> so we'll we'll go over there to Lexington and win, even if we can't stay in Lexington. Little uh, Baghdad. Airbnb will be a lucky one. Yes. All right. Well, that concludes this edition of Talking Hoosier Baseball. Uh, Again, we have the Indiana Hoosiers playing in the Lexington Regional Friday at 7 p.m. So the uh, ESPN family of of stations, I think this one's going to be ESPN Plus. Is that correct, Chris? Friday Friday will be on ESPN Plus. Absolutely. So, uh, So. uh, yes, uh, so it, you will. It will be streamable. Uh, obviously, the typical uh, Austin Render uh, audio call uh, on iuhoosiers.com should be available, um, and of course, you know, stat broadcast. Uh, uh, I do intend, uh, unless something happens that that that's unforeseen uh, as far as media credentials and stuff, uh, I should be able to live blog the game, and we'll have uh, that information. 
So we will uh, keep you posted with as much detail as we can. Uh, and uh, Chris, I think, is going to be pushing out a lot of really cool videos of what's happening on the field uh, and in the stands. So keep an eye out for that stuff on social media. Um, so for Cassidy Palmer and Chris Feeney, uh, I'm Carl James. And while it won't be this weekend, uh, lots of baseball this weekend, but at some point we will see you at the BART. <laughs>